The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everybody, Gabby Reese here. Please join me for my show where we're going to be talking about all things self-care. And I don't mean just eating and exercise. I'm talking stress, marriage, relationships, parenting, business, transitions. How do we figure out a way to be our best selves each and every day? So whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen, please join me. If you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. really good to be here with you, Steph. You know, was really thinking about what do we need right now? And that's some guidance from the cosmos. We need it more than ever. I'm just out here in my personal spaceship, no suit on, <laughs> the cosmos. I'm, I'm unclear on what direction I'm headed in. Got a lot of messages from different angles. <laughs> I just feel like if there's one thing I know about that so retrograde, it's when in doubt, what does the astrology say? Agree, agree, agree. So that's what this episode is today, guys. We have called in one of our tried and trues, a friend to the show. She's been here before. We love her so much. We have Danny Beinstein, who is a psychological astrologer. I've gotten readings from her and they're so cool. And I just love the way that she talks about all of these things in a very like grounded, relating to things you can actually understand type of way. So she was the perfect person for us to call in right now because there's one thing that we have right now in this world. It's a lack of clarity. The fuck is going on? (laughs) So true. So I say we just hop it over to that convo where it's going to be an astro cosmic kiki. Oh, I love it. Let's hit that kiki, girl. Okay. It was funny because when Steph and I got back to our computers and to work after a month off, we had kind of had like a set calendar that we planned in June. And then we were like, that's not the vibe right now. We were like, we need Danny Beinstein for a horoscope I mean, event. Like, and first I think of all, that, first and foremost. <laughs> the title of the email was literally emergency horoscope <laughs> TSR episode. Help us, please. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah. So we have Danny Beinstein with us. And I think, when were you on? 2018, 2019? Yeah, about, no, no, not 2019. I would say it's, it was two years ago. Yeah, because we recorded that meditation, I remember, in Elizabeth's old apartment. But that was afterwards because we actually recorded it in the valley. Oh, sound, the sound place. And we were like studio-less traveling to the podcasters. (laughs) Yes. So 2018. Yeah. And you also did I Am That Girl event summit with us. Oh, that's Which was awesome. I loved that. So cool. Um, So here you are. We need some guidance. All the astrologers we get to talk to all have a different lens. Can you explain kind of your perspective? So my perspective on astrology is, first of all, that we're made up of an energetic imprint. So it's a snapshot of the sky the moment we're born. It's called our natal chart, and we're made up of energy. And instead of, you know, feeding into this idea that we are completely at the mercy of the cosmos, right? Rather, what I do is I help my clients 
you know, develop this understanding that we have agency. So no matter what's going on, we have agency in terms of how we respond to it and how we harness the own, our own energy that we're made up of. That being said, we are affected by what's happening currently through what are called transits and how they affect our chart personally, but how they affect the collective because we don't exist in a vacuum. Right. So some of the you know backlash that the spiritual community is getting right now is that it's it's quite myopic or it exists kind of in a bubble or your own narcissistic perspective. But astrology, you know, recognizes that we are both individuals with agency, we have choice, and there's a larger unfolding happening simultaneously. So my my perspective is always a grounded psychological approach to our own makeup, and then to the unfolding trends in the collective. I love that you're saying that because I feel like that's what I try to explain to people when they're like, why do you like it so much? I'm like, because not only does it help me understand myself, but it helps me understand what we're all dealing with together. And it gives me compassion for everyone that I'm dealing with as well, because we're all being you know, guided by the same energetic principles. So it's like, okay, this is happening because of that. It's not necessarily personal. And I think that is a great way to take away the narcissism of like, well, I'm a Scorpio, so this, that, and the other thing. It's like, to me, that's like low level of the astrology. (laughs) And that's why we wanted to have you back because we're like, you know, we were talking before we recorded, which is just that like, there's so much fear about what's going on right now, as far as like media and just like straightforwardness of what's happening is concerned. And we want to peel back the layer and say like, okay, what are we actually collectively working with energetically that we can create beneficial things during this time and not feel you know, trapped and saddened by what, ha- what is happening on the outside? Yeah, and I think you know, I work with clients all day, every day. And what I see is that a lot of people are actually experiencing clarity or abundance or they're making major, major life moves. Other people are experiencing, obviously, loss and tragedy, but so is the nature of life, right? If we look back to history, if we look at, let's say, like, you know, the original depression in in the late 20s, in 1929, that led to the 30s. It's like, imagine if we had 24-hour news cycles during the Great Depression, or imagine if we had a 24-hour news cycle during, you know, the 60s and the civil rights movement. And so the way that these things are perceived, you know, that whole Marshall McLuhan thing, the medium is the message. It's like, we're getting so much information so rapidly that our nervous systems are completely fried, but we're not taking the time to really go, well, what's actually transforming? Because so much is happening in the collective that we can see, like in those two major instances that I, you know, brought forward. And it's like, it's really an opportunity to go, well, what's being restructured? Where am I being redirected in my own life? Because what we're seeing almost more than anything is I'm seeing people make major life moves that they wouldn't have considered prior to COVID. For instance, like Steph moved to Topanga, which I think was like a pie in the sky dream for you that you never would have. It took a big event like this for you to say, this is what you really want. Yeah, I was like, And I think there's so many, everybody is having like a micro experience of that, of being able to kind of like clear the fogginess from their goggles and really get clarity. And that's why I hate when people say like 2020 is a wash. Like I've heard people say that and I'm like, it's not. And like, it's an opportunity for you to literally do whatever the fuck you want. Like other years were a wash when you were like, (laughs) change your fucking desk and like, you didn't, you what, you went on a vacation for like a week? That was your whole life one year? Like, 
you might have thought you had it made, but like re-examine what you think about as far as like productivity and like connection is concerned. 100%. So do you guys want me to tell you a little bit about the astrology, like why this is going on? Yes. Most astrologers would have told you that 2020 was going to be a game changer because on January 12th of this year, of 2020, there was a meetup of two major planets, Saturn, which takes about 28 and a half years to go around the Zodiac, which is all about our Saturn return. We think about our Saturn return, which happens when we're about 28 and a half to 30, where we mature as adults, right? And we like start to come into our own, we make major life decisions. So Saturn is about karma, maturation, responsibility, structures, the establishment. And then Pluto, which takes 248 years to go in the Zodiac, is all about massive transformation. Massive. So a death and rebirth, transformation, power dynamics. They met up at the exact degree. The last time they met up was actually in 1982. They met up in Libra, which is a sign of partnership, which is why so many people who came of age in the 80s experienced divorced parents, right? That really kind of took on the idea of partnership and marriage and a restructuring of that. What's showing up now has kind of echoes of both the American Revolution um, and also the fall of the Berlin Wall. The American Revolution, the Declaration of Independence was signed the last time Pluto was in Capricorn. And the Berlin Wall fell the last time Saturn was in Capricorn. So we're having a kind of echoing of this energy and both are obviously transformational. They're a breakdown of structures, right? Obviously with the American Revolution, it was the British Empire. Um, With the fall of the Berlin Wall, it was the divide between the East and the West of Europe, right? And the way that communism was responded to. So we are having our own global financial reckoning in America, but obviously abroad. And so this energy, because it's in Capricorn, is game-changing as relates to structures and the establishment. So we, st- we saw it come up with Me Too. First, we saw it when Pluto first moved into Capricorn in 2008. We saw the fall of, um, we saw the recession, right? The Wall Street crash. Then we had Me Too, right? Power dynamics, men, women. Then we had Black Lives Matter, right? Which had been under the surface, but not so under the surface. And many people were becoming aware of just how, horrific the experiences for so many Black Americans in this society, right? How they're degraded and not treated as equals. And that goes back again to the Declaration of Independence and the faulty nature of our Constitution and how it didn't really take neither women nor Blacks into consideration as equals, right? So I just want to stop for a second there because I think that's really interesting is like, when we look back on it, it's faulty. And that's, that's the problem. That's something that I feel is like, why are we not exactly all saying that like in a larger level on like a societal level? It's like the fundamental like document, like the wording is, it's laid out incorrectly for now. So instead of being like, okay, they, they, they fucked up and they ruined it for us. It's like, no, like it took us as far as we could go. Now we need like present day thought leaders to go back and like do a little editing. Like when's that going to (laughs) happen? What transit is that? (laughs) Well, that's, all part of what's unfolding because Saturn briefly dipped in to Aquarius in the spring from March until July, retrograded back into Capricorn, July 1st. And at the end of the year in December, on December 17th, it's going to move into Aquarius where it's going to stay for two years. So Aquarius, so if Capricorn is, we're climbing the mountain, Aquarius is the view when we reach the top of the mountain. 
So it's the view of it's progressive, it's humanitarian, um, it's seeing things further. We are having to look at everything through a new lens. And it's not actually that we're needing to see it through a new lens. We're actually needing to see it, like Elizabeth, you were saying, through clearer glasses, because what we've been seeing wasn't clear. And that started to kind of rupture with the 2016 election. We had something called the Saturn-Neptune Square, which created the idea of fake news and what's real. So we have the aftermath of that. We have all of this major revolutionary energy. Historians will tell you that revolutions happen on about 250-year cycles. So we're just there now, right? So how that relates to us in our personal life, it's like I always tell people, people still fall in love. People still make money. People still pursue careers that they adore in times of crisis, right? We see all these love stories during World War II. Yes, it was a tragedy for many people. Many people still had experiences where they themselves were living at the height of their existence. So we, we tend to focus on the tragic narrative, not on what's possible. Well, especially with now, like you were saying, with the 24-hour news cycle, it's like, that's all that's being pumped at us. They sell ad revenue up against trauma. Like that's exactly. the name of the game. Exactly. Like, so fucked up. So, I mean, I see it as, so, okay, so there's, that's the backdrop, right? So that, that conjunction happened January 12th, two days prior, we had an eclipse. Then we had, we just had three eclipses, one June, 20, one June 5th, one June 21st, and then one July 4th. So all these changes, and there are eclipses every year, right? But all of this has to do with that Saturn Capricorn energy, right? That idea of what is structure? What is our authority? Who are we giving our power to? So that's kind of the backdrop. And then, of course, just to make it fun and interesting, we get other major retrogrades, right? So Venus went retrograde in Gemini from May. Oh, that 13th was a doozy. Yeah. So that was rough, right? Like, yeah. so, so our ideas about, you know, love and money and our values got a reworking. Today, I don't know when this is going live, but today on August 7th, Venus is finally moving into Cancer, having been in Gemini since April 3rd. So we're finally getting a Whoa. shift in that energy. And what does that mean? That feels nice. That feels like a hug. That's exactly what it is. So, you know, <laughs> Venus in Gemini is all about choices. So, you know, it can, it might have felt dizzying to people because they wanted to socialize, they wanted to connect, they wanted to be stimulated, and they were stuck at home. Now Venus in his cancer is in cancer and we want to be home. We want to nest. We want the familiar. Mm. So mm. there's that. Mars is going retrograde September 9th to November 13th. And Mars I'm is deeply the planet concerned of drive. About this. <laughs> the planet of drive and motivation <laughs> and action and forward movement. And in Aries, Aries is like first out of the gate. It's like, I'm going for what I'm going for. I'm not belaboring it. I'm just going for it. It's also related to anger, right? Direct anger. But anger, if used properly, can be channeled, right? Into forward movement. But retrograde, we may feel like we are thwarted in moving forward. So 2020 is just a giant year of review. On top of that, I mentioned Saturn and Pluto. Jupiter is also in Capricorn. All three are retrograde right now. Here's the good news. Jupiter goes direct September 12th. Saturn goes direct September 28th. And then Pluto goes direct October 4th. So we are going to start to feel forward movement. That's the good news. The not so great news is that Mars is going to square that energy. So we're going to feel that 
we're kind of feeling it right now because Mars is square that energy, that feeling of like, I know I'm going forward, but some, there's something, whatever that, that structural or establishment or governmental block, whatever that is, we're feeling that. We're also going to probably re-experience aspects of the pandemic because the energy had gone retrograde and now it's going to go forward again. So it's not that 2020 is a wash. It's that 2020 is not, is not the year to think that plans are going to move forward on your terms. Well, it's also like using your creative brain to like work around the things that you're talking about. 100% like balloons, confetti, yeah. that's it. Because yeah. we're also getting clear on like, okay, we may be getting intuitive hits of like, this is where I'm going. We just have to be in flow with a timeline that's out of our control. I love that. And that's the thing. I keep like downloading that. I keep like waking up at like three o'clock in the morning and hearing the message like, you don't know what's best for you. That's it. We don't. Our egos think they do, but we don't. And so it's a lot of getting out of our own way. It's a lot of getting out of our own way, but thinking in terms of purposefulness. Like if we're being redirected, it's not a derailment of our destiny. It's in alignment with our destiny. We just have such a control, such an idea of what, who, the, who we think we're supposed to be and where we think we're supposed to go. And I think that we were living in a time that was like so goal oriented and so like, okay, I checked this box off and I checked that box off and then I get that. And it's like, it was all linear. And I think it's like so clear now that it's not linear. It's not so true. It's multidimensional. And I also think a lot about how we were talking a little bit about this or I was referencing it before you know, we push record, which is like this idea that in the past people lived at a slower pace and they also, you know, you didn't leave your house all that often, especially if you lived in the countryside, they would deliver milk. You know, you might get big news that came in a letter, you know, to the local town. You didn't know who was going to show. And so you didn't, you kind of planned for the immediate, but you weren't thinking like, where am I going to be in 20 years? You know, you didn't know what was going to transpire. We don't know either, but we think we do. It's the illusion because of social media, because of Googling. And, you know, there's a lot that this has, it's brought us the ability to connect like this virtually, but we forget that there's all kinds of synchronicities that can happen. What's happening is not separate from that. It's not happening as a blockade. It's happening in tandem with our own destiny and unfolding. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. A hundred percent. So what would you say to people who are um, maybe really feeling the block, you know, more than others, as far as like the restrictiveness of the fear, or also like maybe they've had to lose their job or they've lost a relationship. And, you know, what's like a, maybe even if it's like to, to look for this in your own chart or some sort of thing to put your mind on of, of, of the redirection. Cause it's easy to say like surrender, you know? So if you're into astrology and if you are studying it or aware of it, look to where the later degrees of Capricorn in are in your chart, because that is where you're getting very clear lessons and where you may feel blocked, but also where you're structurally being redirected and being granted karmic lessons. So that would be my astrological answer to that on a deeper level. I've been saying that in many ways, and this is not to discount the reality of this pandemic. And, you know, I, my dad lost his best, best friend of 70 years. My mom was in the hospital with it. I'm not saying, I'm, I don't mean this in any, in any light way at all. But I also find that this 
this pandemic is almost like a Rorschach test. So whatever we're seeing in it is what's in our subconscious to be healed. So if we're in a deeply paranoid state, hold on. (laughs) I just came. What's happening? (laughs) I really feel that is the capital T truth, right? So it's like, if you're ultra paranoid, it's like, where does that paranoia come from? Where is that rooted in? Is that your childhood? Were you raised in a house to be paranoid? You know, if you're experiencing, you know, incredible bliss around this, it's also like, well, where, where is it difficult to look at where other people may be suffering? Where is that a shadow that you're, you know, whatever is showing up for you is an invitation into your own subconscious and psyche. And that to me is the clearest thing above all. Totally. Cause you're like, wow, I have a lot of fear coming up. I must've had a lot of fear before this. It's a gift to get clear on that and be able to like, okay, this is what we're working with. And then very soothing to just be able to like name it. 100% name the landscape, right? It's like yeah. one of the most liberating things we can do is to just name the Drop landscape. Drop a pin. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I think, I mean, I know that I just, you know, dropped a lot of astro info and it can be a little overwhelming, but I think that's the bottom line to all of it. I don't think that it's overwhelming. I think it's necessary because it's like, it's the framework. I think when we exist in our small bubbles, we also forget that we don't exist independent from history. You know, Mm. other than 9-11, those of us who, you know, have come of age in the last 30, 40 years... It's been easy with social media and with this kind of like niche marketing that we think we live in our own bubble, but history has always informed human experience. It's part of having a human experience. And so to not be in resistance to it, but to say, oh my God, I'm living through history. And how do I want to show up in it? Where is my integrity? Where is my backbone in this? What are my core beliefs? What am I willing to see now that I maybe was unwilling to see before? And I think, you know, the other thing that I just want to bring forward with the Venus retrograde is that, you know, the murder of George Floyd and the rise of Black Lives Matter happened very much in that window as well. And what Gemini is also about is language and how we perceive things through language. So anybody who studies linguistics or studies different languages recognizes that language actually shapes our psychology and our reality. So the language that we've been using has been destructive and damaging. And a lot of the information that we're getting is like, we need to construct a new language and we need to talk about these things in a different way. And so that, to me, that was the greatest gift of Venus in Gemini, especially going retrograde is like, is an understanding or reconsideration of our language and our communication. I just want to bring that up as well because that seems important. That's really important. There are a way, I mean, this is a little like pie in the sky, like tell me all the answers, but is there like a timeline with the COVID of it all that is able to kind of reflect in the charts or is that getting a little too- Do you have a crystal ball? Do you have a crystal ball? Uh, <laughs> an eight ball? At least in through the beginning of 2021. That's my kind of intuitive feeling is that because what's happening in 2021 is that we're going to start to have this thing called the Saturn-Uranus square. So Saturn will move into Aquarius and it'll start to square Uranus, which is in Taurus. The last time Uranus was in Taurus was in the 30s with the advent of the New Deal and this kind of progression in terms of economics in America, right? I'm talking about America because we're here, right? Because we're here right now, yeah. What that's going to bring about is forced disruption and change. 
but it's going to be different than what we've been dealing with, which is more plutonic and more going to the deepest level, kind of going into the underworld to reemerge. Saturn and Aquarius, especially Aquarius, is rapid fire change. It's electric change. So I think what's going to start to happen is we're going to see in a, more and more innovation come out in 2021 because Saturn's going to be in Aquarius, also Jupiter, which is expansion how we grow. So I think we're going to see this shift away from the heavy Capricorn energy, very structured. This energy is more about being principled and innovation and forward movement. So I think 2021, we're going to see disruption. And if you talk to the economic community there, you know, everybody's looking for the disruptor to invest in, right? So I think we're going to see more disruptive energy, but that doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. Kind of like creating this space where, like you were talking about earlier, the structure that we lived in is like no longer sustainable. And the only answer to that, and I like that it's going into Aquarius, is recognizing that we are the creators of the reality. So we get to choose what we attach our value to and then how we move forward as opposed to before where it was like, this is the value of the society and like sink or swim. Aquarius is paradoxical because it's about the uniqueness of the individual, but it's also about the collective. And that's a lot of, I think, I mean, this is a judgment call. This is not a neutral position in any way, but I think that we have been so focused on individual advancement that we've lost the idea that we are part of a collective, right? Like even Thoreau had to go into town sometimes to get some food. Like this idea that we live again in this idea of a vacuum and I'm only affected and it doesn't matter. That's really been such a, a strong theme that's come through with COVID. It's like, why are we sheltering in place? Why are we wearing a mask? It's not just, it's not just for us. It's for the collective. And it's about having that awareness of that it's, it's not just about you. 100%, which is interesting because the, the countries that have done the best have been led by women. Finland, New Zealand, and you can say, yes, they're smaller, but women tend to think in terms of community, right? They tend to think in terms of giving back. And like, you know, they've done all these studies on microfinancing, you give it to the women and they grow it. They grow the money. So it's like, you know, I just think that that's part of the progression. It's like thinking in terms of the collective, not at the expense of the individual. I don't know why it's so polarizing. It's like, why can't we consider the other and be self-actualized? I don't understand why it's so polarizing. Because we live in the narcissistic reality. Right. No, I know. <laughs> right. But, you know, you I'm make like, an excellent point. <laughs> like, it's not an either or. Like, we can be both. Yes. So it's not a threat to your own self-expression to put on a mask if it's, you know, to walk into a grocery store, in my opinion, if it makes other person feel okay, nothing's going to happen if you're just walking into a grocery store. Like I understand like exercising can be a little dangerous with a mask on, but like, you know, just the consideration of others. I don't know why that feels like a threat to personal liberty. And that's part of this mythology in America that is again, to me, false. It's like, how do you think you get your food? How do you think you get your clothing? Like other people are producing that. Like, do you know what I mean? I just think, so I think that we're moving more into, we will move more into that with Aquarius and the idea of like championing both the individual and the collective. I'm almost trepidatious to ask, but when it comes to the election time in November. Honestly, when I think about like the doozy of this year, I'm like, oh, we're almost at September. 
we've got a few months left. We can close off 2020. It's been a ride. And then I'm like, oh, wait, there's an election <laughs> still to it's come. Minor oh, thing. Wait. Minor thing. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. It's very hard for me to ever be predicted about something when I have an investment in it. Right. I can't see it as clearly because I really would like Biden to be president. You know what I mean? I, you know, yeah. I, I just would over the monstrosity that I believe. But I will say that I think in a strange, distorted kind of way, it's been necessary because we've now seen so clearly how far around the bend we've gone. That's how I see it. Yeah. It's like, I don't think we would have been able to see this as clearly had he not been president, right? Business as usual. I think a lot of us fell asleep when Obama got into office. 100%, right? Like he's taking care of it. It's, so I have to say that caveat because it's like, I'm invested. You know, I can't read my own chart because I have an investment in myself yeah, right. in that way, right? Like, Ooh, this looks like a good time for me to <laughs> have a baby. <laughs> totally, <laughs> exactly. Say it. <laughs> exactly it. Yeah. You know, that being said, it would make sense he would become president because of what 2021 looks like. I also, by the way, don't think Biden becomes president and then like, oh, we're good to go. Like, I think that's right. when the work just starts, starts. Right. Oh, yeah. My human desire is very much that we get this overriding yeah. out of office. But I also don't know. I don't lay claim to know what is in service to the greater unfolding of humanity. Sure. I want to ask you like a fun question. We started the show as, you know, a wellness trend show five and a half years ago, which is, you know, it's evolved into its own whole story. But it's fun to ask kind of like, what are some like self-care? What's a one self-care favorite thing that you're hanging on to right now? I really like baths, although I don't love my actual bath, which is kind of a bummer, but I, but I make it, I make it work because I really love baths. And I just spent two weeks in Lake Tahoe and I'm usually a person who's like very cautious when it comes to any kind of physical activity. Like emotionally, I have, I have to say a lot of bravery, but when it comes to physical things, I have a lot of fear, but I jumped in the cold lake multiple times a day, every day. And it was the most healing, cleansing experience. And I've kind of been wary of the ocean, but now I'm starting to like move more into the ocean and just, so I'm working through my own fear around bodies of water in that way. And that has been my own medicine because I realize again, with this idea of like aging, it's like doing the thing that scares me. It's like, it can feel so good. And I'm not saying like I'm jumping into waves because I do, I got tossed about when I was a little girl in a wave and I still have some stuff around that. It's been a really fun activity and like a kind of self-care to go, no, like push past that resistance. of I don't want to get cold because every time I jumped in, it was invigorating. And I'm just like taking that as a metaphor. So like a DIY mikvah, basically. Big fan. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, exactly. DIY mikvah. Great. Danny Beinstein, this was so good to see you, albeit via the internet, via the internet waves. Thank you Thank so you for much having me. for answering our call. Yeah. <laughs> Emergency reserve. Like, Hello, universe. <laughs> well, wow. We have learned some things. We have had some conversations and we feel 
we feel a little better. Uplifted, some might say. My favorite is when we can take past historical events and find the through line with where the the cosmos were at the time. I feel like it grounds it in like a deeper meaning. My brain likes that. My brain likes that too, but it's also just like on a on like a personal, like spiritual level. It's also like, it reminds me that like human beings have always gone through difficult times and we have always come out of those times. And, you know, though this seems unprecedented, which it is, and there's so many things that we in our lifetime haven't really experienced, that doesn't mean that there haven't been, you know, historical hardships. And it's good to remember that because when you're in something, it just feels like there's no end in sight. We hope everybody enjoyed this chat. Thought we'd bring you like an old school astrology deep dive. And I think we accomplished that today. I'm going to go outside and, um, you know, just surrender to the fact that we're in a squared transiting bizarre time (laughs) and and uh we'll see you next week (laughs) okay guys stay well wear a mask say hi to friends we love you lots we'll see you next week bye bye yes that's a retrograde